Good morning and welcome to Jewish Faith and Jewish Facts. I'm Rabbi Stephen Garten. This morning, I have a wonderful guest with me, Imam Ziad Deltbeck, who is going to share with us um, his story of coming to Canada and chat with us about his newly published book entitled Islam in the West Beyond Integration. This book presents a vibrant discussion on the most debated issues regarding Canadian Muslims and their faith and Islam in modern Canada. Um, the Iman writes that the need has never been greater to explore the origins of Canadian Muslims who have been, um, and this might surprise many, who have been in Canada since before Confederation and the concepts of Muslim identity, integration, citizenship, belonging, and loyalty. The book examines some of these issues in detail, raising questions for both Canadian Muslims and the wider Canadian society. And certainly there is no greater need for a book such as this. The Imam is a resident scholar in Imam in Ottawa. And in a moment, perhaps I'll explain to you, the listeners, what an Imam, the title Imam means, as well as a doctoral student at the University of Ottawa. He is an educator who has chosen to tell his story and the story of Canadian Muslims. He was twice selected as one of the 500 most influential Muslims in the world. He was recognized by the province of Ontario for a decade of volunteer work, and he received the Queen Elizabeth II Diamond Jubilee Medal in 2012. And Iman Delic, it is a pleasure to invite you to the show known as Jewish Faith and Jewish Facts. Thank you, my brother, Rabbi Steve. I really appreciate uh, your invitation. Oh, well, it is a pleasure. We have worked together on numerous projects, but you have now taken the step of introducing yourself to a wider audience than just those who know you in Ottawa as a man of faith and a man of commitment. I'm going to begin by asking you to share with our listeners... Um, how you came to Canada, and what was the story of your journey to Canada and then to Ottawa? I, uh, I came to Canada uh, from Bosnia and Herzegovina. Uh, after the aggression on, on, on my country, I realized that uh, I, I need to find uh, another path for myself and my family. So... Uh, February 2nd, 1995, I landed in Toronto. It was a quite cold day. Um, and since then, um, uh, for several, uh, for several uh, months, I was actually planning to go with my family back to Bosnia. We bought one-way ticket. Uh, but uh, fortunately, alhamdulillah, thanks God, we got an opportunity in, in July to visit Vancouver, and both of us, my wife and myself, we fell in love with Vancouver, and um, we remained in Canada. We started our education, uh, both of us started education in, in Vancouver, and uh, we, both of us, 
uh, entered university master's program, uh, and then um, I, I started my PhD program at, uh, at Simon Fraser University, and my wife uh, got an opportunity to come to Ottawa to do her PhD in public policy, and that's the reason why we are here in, uh, in, in Ottawa. For the listeners who may not remember the chaos and crisis in Bosnia and Herzegovina, can you give us a brief overview of what was happening in the 1990s there and especially how it impacted on the Muslim community? Uh, it was a difficult time to be a Muslim in uh, ex-Yugoslavia for one very simple reason, because we have been considered the other at any point in time. Uh, once when Ottomans departed, uh, when Austro-Hungary came in, uh, we have been seen as, as uh, you know, people who don't want to uh, assimilate. And then later on, when Communist Party came in after Second World War, again, we have faced some of these challenges of, of identity. And then, as communism uh, vanished, uh, we started waking up and started really realizing that we could build a European Bosnian uh, Islamic identity, and, and that is quite different than any other uh, identity from other cultural backgrounds, such as, let's say, Arab or uh, any of the other Eastern countries. Certainly we, we succeeded, but um, some people didn't feel comfortable with that, and beginning of uh, end of Tito's era, we have started seeing drums hitting uh, for, for another conflict. By the end of uh, 1990, uh, we, have seen, uh, we have seen quite an outburst against Bosnian uh, Muslim population, or as we call them, Bosniaks, uh, where, where thousands of people, almost between 5 and 7% and of the po Muslim population in Bosnia have been massacred uh, in front of the eyes of the so-called modern world. Uh, thousands of women, uh, girls have been raped, thousands of children traumatized, and I have de dealt with, with, with hundreds of them uh, through, through some of my agencies that I have been supporting them with. And when I saw all of, all of it, and when I saw that there is no way that I can, I can contribute my, my, my knowledge, my expertise, my right. desire, I, I looked for the opportunity basically to find a place where I can start anew and, and see what I can do for myself, what I can do for that new place. And on the top of it, what I can do for the, for the Bosnia that has suffered once when I established myself in Canada. And here we are in this beautiful, great nation that has given me an opportunity. And I could not be more than grateful and thankful to God Almighty that, 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 that here I am, a person who came who came to Canada 23 years ago, who didn't have anything uh, but hope, a uh, person who, who, who was given an opportunity, here I am uh, writing about my story by myself, uh, experiencing all that support from the, from, the, from, the, from the Canadian population and telling myself what a, what a, what a success. You remind us in the telling of your story um, 
of, ha- of a number of things that we should remind the listeners of. One, that as a Muslim in Bosnia and Herzegovina, you were not um, Semites, you were not Arabs, but that you were Europeans of the Muslim faith, um, very much like um, European Jews who um, had lived comfortably in uh, Western Europe and Eastern Europe um, for centuries and then found themselves identified because of their faith as a different uh, racial group. Um, And while there was certainly um, anti-Jewish feeling in Christian Europe, um, as there was anti-Muslim feeling in Christian Europe, um, your um, co-religionists had lived happily in Bosnia and Herzegovina for centuries without and had been part and parcel of that country and certainly before the destruction of Yugoslavia had lived a productive and happy life. Um, And like members of the Jewish community um, who came and found um, security and safety in Canada, members of your community, yourself and your wife, um, found a safe haven here in Canada. Um, it is, it is uh, as, as, as you are up there, and, and I'm quite positive, our thoughts uh, are totally identical on, on, on the matter. I, I personally believe that, uh, that Canada gives the best opportunity to people to be themselves. doesn't matter where they come, what kind of color they are. It's a, it's a country that, that is, uh, as I call it often, um, showpiece of multiculturalism or Abrahamic plus society. You're so right. We live in a time um, in which many, many countries throughout the world um, question the value of immigration and question the value of immigration of people who look or believe differently than um, themselves. And your story and the story of your success here um, and the story of the integration of Muslims into Canadian society is a truly wonderful statement about how um, a democracy that founded itself on white colonialism but could rise above it um, to integrate the newcomer who wasn't Christian and who wasn't necessarily uh, white. Um, it's a wonderful story, and I want to spend a bit of time you telling us about it. But before we go there, I want you to explain to our listeners, what is an imam? What does the title uh, refer to? Uh, imam back home uh, or in the countries where Muslims came from uh, meant uh, that he is a religious leader who leads the prayer and gives uh, gives ceremonies. Uh, however, uh, that that title or that term e- evolved uh, quite fast and drastically, I would say, as we moved into a Western society where uh, Muslims faced new reality, and in that new reality, they had to see things through different lenses uh, as far as their faith is concerned, their cultures are concerned, just like, like 
Judaism had to adjust itself, adapt itself within some of the new contexts that it settled. So, so now the imam becomes the leader of a particular mosque, almost um, as the rabbi who had been communal and not necessarily associated with a particular synagogue has in the Western world over time become associated with particular synagogues as a, a spiritual leader and a religious leader of one community, not of all. Yes, and another thing that is important is that over profile actually uh, moves farther into being uh, imam pastor, imam social worker, imam spokesperson, imam marriage officer, imam marriage counselor, imam uh, youth mentor. So, so certainly an imam, uh, you know, has many hats uh, depending on the condition and situations in which he finds himself and problems that community faces. But bottom line is that that certainly uh, imams in Canada, specifically in Canada, are also uh, developing themselves. They are using uh, modern modern tools of professional de- development, basically not only to bring to bring knowledge into the arena of life, but to bring also contextual experience where Canadian law, Canadian values, Canadian culture could be basically work with within the context of our faith, just as we pointed out, uh, just as our Jewish brothers and sisters, our cousins did before us. Well, we've learned from each other. In the introduction to um, our show this morning, Um, I read from the book jacket, which says, examine some of the issues of um, identity and integration. And I'm wondering if you might share with the listeners um, some of your reflections on what it means to be a practicing identified Muslim in uh, a Christian country like Canada, which is still primarily a Christian country, regardless of uh, all the other communities that now find uh, successful integration here? Certainly, you know, there are, there are many things that, that, do, that are noticeable uh, when it comes to identity of a Muslim, such as hijab or niqab or a long beard. These are these are uh, things that could be seen on the surface. But of course, there are many other things that we cannot easily identify. They are, they are often, uh, you know, done in the corner uh, of their offices, such as prayer or fasting that is very personalized. But, but w- one thing that is very much important is that, that uh, can- Canadian Muslim identity is a new construct. It's, it's, it basically, uh, Canadian Muslims, uh, they, when we talk about Canadian Muslim identity, we, we have to think about uh, our, our, our textual uh, and contextual realities. That's what makes oh, this identity a very unique identity. Many people would ask me, but, but how, how could that contract even exist? Why not? If there is a a Pakistani Muslim identity, if there is a Saudi Muslim identity, if there is a Turkish, Indonesian Muslim identities, why not a Canadian Muslim identity? What, what, what is a Canadian Muslim identity? It is an identity that is, that is comfortable with, 
with, with the faith of theirs, but at the same time comfortable to practice that faith within the context of Canada. And I could certainly say that this contest, context, context is quite welcoming context. I personally know that I have become better Muslim when I came to Canada, uh, much better Muslim than when I was in Bosnia. And people often ask me, is it possible? It is certainly. Only in the context of fairness, context of social justice, context of freedom of thought, uh, you are able actually to better yourself as a human. You are able to better yourself as a religious person or whatever. No, that's good. So you have found that being in Canada allows you to deepen um, your faith. But at the same time, um, being a Muslim in Canada has exposed you again to um, anti-Muslim uh, feelings, whether in um, the political circle when the uh, hijab or niqab are become political um, weapons, um, or in the tragedy at Quebec City at the mosque, in which uh, members of your community, not your personal community, but the larger Muslim community are murdered. Does that make it um, more difficult for you um, as a uh, proponent of integration um, to um, remain sanguine about the possibility of, of Muslim integration in Canada? My, my book deals with these matters. And, and, and myself, I am I'm more of a positivist uh, when it comes to, to over life here. Certainly, Jewish community has faced the same challenges at the very beginning. Jewish community has been being bombarded, you know, on, on many levels. And, and Jewish community actually made their path uh, towards, towards their, their goal. What, what I'm trying to say here is that it takes time for people to get to know who you are. And I think, and, 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 and I'm very straightforward on the matter, Canadian Muslims need to come forward more and dispel some of those misunderstandings. There would be incidents. They are not systemic. They are individualistic. And, and from that perspective, Canada, for me, is quite a safe heaven, uh, even though there are incidents that do happen. Those incidents are not norm in Canada. They are exceptions. And, and thus, I, I, I can, I, when I claim what I am writing and what I am talking about, I, I am certain that, uh, that evidence on the ground supports uh, supports what I am what I am projecting uh, example uh, in Wyoming study in 2006 7 2010 2016 17 very clearly indicates that Canadian Muslims are very much integrated do we have some people who are not who are self-excluded isolated we do have some of them but majority of Canadian Muslims are uh, feeling very much comfortable in Canada and feeling actually proud of being Canadian one question that was asked in this environmental study, as well as some other uh, interviews that we have had, surveys that we have had, uh, what is the, the, the biggest challenge that, that Canadian Muslims have? Uh, and everybody would tell, tell whether it would be, you know, winter in Canada. So they do not feel much of a stress 
because of, of uh, challenges that sometimes we face in politics that we face with, with, with media. But, but we do have our issues internally that we are working on. And I'm quite positive once when we have dealt with these internal issues of differences that we have as Canadian Muslims coming from all those different cultural, national, uh, interpretational backgrounds, we would certainly, uh, you know, even feel less that pressure of Islam, Islamophobia. And, and, and beyond Islamophobia, again, I'm coming back to the, to, the, to, the same, to the same statement. Once when we come forward, once when we assert ourselves, once when we present ourselves to the Canadian, Canadian population as we are, without really cutting corners, I'm quite positive that in five, six years, we will not be have this discussion about Muslims being minority in Canada, but rather they will be seen as good Canadians. Um, you paint a very beautiful picture, and and we and and, and both you and I pray uh, to God that this shall uh, come true, inshallah. Thank you, um, thank you, my friend. I, I want to use the time that's left to us to talk about something that you and I have, throughout our uh, careers as clergy, been committed to, and that's uh, interfaith work, working with people of other faith communities. And I know, in particular, you have been a very strong supporter here in Ottawa of what's called the Multi Faith Housing Initiative. Um, different faith communities coming together to build and support housing for lower income people. And I'm wondering, um, it doesn't appear on the surface that interfaith work is yet um, an easy thing for the Canadian Muslim community. Um, while there are people such as yourself and Imam Jabara who have been very um, committed to interfaith work, there are many um, who still see themselves as staying separate um, from the general notion in Canada of working together to alleviate poverty in a, in a non-specific community. You know, my brother... We, we have, uh, as religious groups, uh, we, support, we support needy people, not just because of our social responsibility, we support them because of our, our religious responsibility. As and how would you explain the religious obligation of Muslims to um, act in the non-Muslim world to alleviate uh, social injustice? Certainly. We, we, as members of this society, we cannot sl sleep with full stomachs while, while our neighbors uh, go hungry. Uh, I, I think that's the measure of our faith. And that's a reason why I, why I call my engagement with Multifaith Housing Initiative Faith in Action. Because, really, if I, if I, want, if I want to show somewhere what my faith is all about, it is on the ground. It is, it is down where it is real, with people. Uh, am I nice to my neighbor who happened to be a non-Muslim? Am I nice uh, to people who are on the, on, the, on, the, on the street begging and do they need my support? And am I out there to help them or down in the mission or any Ottawa food bank? These are all things that, that 
that qualify my faith in action. And that is the reason why, example, uh, center where I am where I am operating as an imam is very much engaged in social Islam and tries to present that as as uh, our trademark. And I'm and I'm quite happy that that many other masajid, many other mosques are actually following following the path. It does appear that um, while Christianity speaks about the social gospel, and many people who are not Christian know about the term social gospel, and Judaism speaks about the term tikkun olam, the repairing of the world, um, there probably aren't as many people familiar with Islam's commitment to social justice. Is there a term in the Quran that, or in um, Muslim faith that has a similar impact as the social gospel or tikkun olam? We, we talk about a term, uh, or justice, uh, that God Almighty mentioned in the Quran by saying, يَعْدِلُوا هُوَ أَقْرَبُوا taqwa." Be just, because being just is closest to being a God-conscious person. And that applies, as you understand it, not just to other adherents of Islam, but to all who live in the society. Of course, to every single individual, every single human being, even to animal, animal species, we as Muslims, we are commended. And that is the reason why when, 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 when this misnomer, uh, you know, Islamic terrorism is mentioned, you know, I get frozen because there is no such a thing. When you read, when you read, uh, when you read the Quran as intended, uh, there could not be a Muslim who allows himself or herself to go out there and take, take the life. That person is actually far away from the fold of, of, of Islam and far away from the mercy of God. In, in my own limited understanding of how the Quran speaks of jihad, it doesn't seem to me that uh, Muslim fundamentalists are reflecting on the way that uh, Muhammad and Allah meant the term in the Quran. Um, of course, it's all about their own personal interests right. and their own personal political philosophies. They do not see, they do not work for the benefit of Islam and for the benefit of, of Muslims, certainly not for the benefit of humanity. And, and certainly doesn't seem to be for the benefit of uh, bringing the word of uh, a living God of course. Uh, to other uh, Muslims. Um, of course, not, not, not a good marketing of your faith. No, <laughs> that's well said. I want to remind the listeners that this morning we're speaking to Imam Ziad Delek, who has recently published a wonderful book that is worth looking at entitled Islam in the West Beyond Integration. And that this is a book which um, speaks about the unbelievably complex issues of being a Muslim in Canada and their faith as it attempts to uh, integrate um, itself from outside the world uh, of Canada into the multicultural dynamic of Canada. It has been a pleasure to host you on Jewish Faith and Jewish Facts. I wish you good luck with the book and, and a continued success as a wonderful spokesperson for Canadian Muslims here in Ottawa and elsewhere. 
for Jewish faith and Jewish facts. This is Rabbi Stephen Garten wishing you good morning. You can hear a rebroadcast of this show on the CHRI website or as a podcast on iTunes. Shalom. Shalom.